Welcome to episode 50 of The Ball Run, the official podcast for snooker professional Stuart Bingham. This Cogito PR produced content is sponsored by Q Creator, the experts in bespoke Q design. It's a show in which I, sports journalist James Colasanti, ask the man nicknamed Ball Run about recent results and life on tour. Uh, good morning, mate. How are you today? And um, did you dish out a few sweets to the trick or treaters last night? Yeah, we had a little we had a little gathering around our house, sort of uh, from uh, obviously Marnie's school, so um, and a few friends as well, family, and uh, yeah, sort of uh, doorbell kept going. Um, yeah, a bit of a mad one, but uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, do your your kids really like it? I, I know, so my daughter loves it, and but is it something you'd sort of do do? sort of quite well in the Bingham household every year or you know what's your sort of take on it yeah Michelle obviously gets gets everyone going um, Marnie was uh, straight away getting the old makeup on and everything what so, did she do what, what did Marnie uh, sort of dress up as what, what was her thing um, I'm trying to think of the clown's name uh, the one with uh, it oh is it Pennywise Anyways, oh, she it. likes a bit yeah. of horror then it's quite terrifying <laughs> that, that, that dude isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, Shay was meant to be Scream, but he had a hissy fit and uh, didn't right. bother. Right, okay. Um, but he, he's getting to that age of... He he's tween, that, isn't he? Yeah, he's just like <laughs> mine. I think they're about a month apart. It's a delight, isn't it? I mean, I'm, obviously I've got the girl end this end, but, but Shay sort of uh, got a few grow, growing pains himself, has he? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he sort of... Uh, she sort of tries to calm it down, but she can't hold it in much longer. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it had some fun and yeah, say like Marnie, she loves it and um, she, I think she uh, lost the balloon early on, so right, um, she was a bit upset with that, but uh, yeah, uh, all in all, good night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, listen, in terms of the show, I mentioned at the top there, we're up to a half century in terms of episodes uh, for the podcast. Um, we did the, I checked, we did the first one nearly uh, about five years ago now. Um, now, I noticed quite a few snooker podcasts popping up recently, so so I guess uh, me and you are well ahead of the curve, right, mate? Yeah, definitely, yeah, I can't believe it. 50, yeah, five yeah. years, how quick that's gone. Yeah, it's a good um, knock. Yeah, yeah, I'll get a few requests here and there to go on podcasts and things like that. And mm. obviously, the BBC one was was really good. Yeah, um, I was going with the quiz at the end. Um, we'll come to that in a minute. Actually, I mean, <laughs> for, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, uh, Stu's been on, on media duties as, as kind of like it's pretty uh, standard for him in his sporting career. But um, he, he's been doing it again this month. He was a guest on BBC Essex's new snooker podcast. It's called Framed. Um, their crew came to your snooker room at your home, and it's, it sounded fun. Um, did you enjoy doing it? Yeah, it's good to sort of go back and sort of have memories of, of uh, what, what was, what's happened in my career, and, and yeah, and obviously things to go forward. But um, mm. yeah, it's always fun, sort of like reminiscing on on sort of some of the old stuff, and uh, yeah, sort of uh, yeah, it's all good fun. It's all it's all good. For, for everyone mm, I won't give away their content too much but um, I can say it was interesting to hear you talk about your roots in the game uh, in clubs in Ilford and Whittam uh, your origin story alongside the likes of Ali Carter and Mark King um, now, I mean I was a sports reporter in Romford at the start of my career so I know about the, the that area sporting ties with the likes of Steve Davis and and, and, and others uh, many others as well um, I also covered like Ronnie O'Sullivan's progress when I was on a paper in Epping and of course I got to know you and many others when I was um, sort of Basden and Southend focused at the Echo 
Um, and none of this is to mention, of course, that Barry Hearn has, has basically run the game out of Brentwood for, for many years now. Um, so what did, from your point of view, do you, do you think it's fair to say, uh, to call Essex the spiritual home of snooker? Um, definitely back in the 80s and 90s, um, it was the uh, um, it was the home of snooker. I, I thought, mm. um, like you say, they, they've, they've had it. They've had it uh, sort of all over the place. Um, obviously, Scotland with sort of Hendry and um, sure. obviously McManus, Higgins, and and all the players up there. And then uh, sort of Midlands, mm. you've um, at one stage you had people like John Birch, John Reid, um, James Watton was there, Dean Reynolds. Yeah. So there's always been... Selby um, nowadays, of course. Like you said, there's pockets, isn't there? I think there's certain geographical yeah. areas where it's a real kind of heartbed. But I just... For me, I, when I think about Essex and I think about the people, even like Judd coming down here and training, there's just so, so you know, so many sort of ties sort of thing. And it's just, it's such a heartland really, isn't it, for the game? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think like you say, obviously with like Sheffield at the moment, with mm. all the Chinese there, Yeah. I think, um, I think, you sort of compete with the people around you and, and say, like, with Essex, that's like obviously you've always looked up to people like Steve Davis mm-hmm. um, and, and obviously Ronnie. Uh, and then, obviously, the, like, say, myself, Mark King, mm-hmm. Ali Carter, yeah. Matt Sell. Yeah. Um, sort of, we're all sort of behind them, really. But uh, you say, um, oh, I've lost my train of thought there. I was going to say something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of... Say, I think we just push each other on and um, yeah. and practice with each other. Um, and like I say, that's what I was going to say. You had the likes of people like Ken Doherty, some of the Irish lads coming over to Wilford. Yeah. Because like Ronnie was there and Steve Davis was there. Hmm. Uh, you had like Andy Hamilton coming down. Yeah. He moved down from obviously Nottingham to get amongst Wilford and hmm. and to practice to sort of obviously to try and better their game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned it a minute ago, but you took part in the Beebs pop quiz on their podcast, and I thought you did rather well. Um, again, I won't spoil uh, how you got on. People just have to listen to it. Um, but let's just say I was rather impressed with your general knowledge. Um, so I wondered, are you a bit of a dark horse on the pub quiz circuit, or are you one of those guys people just ask when the sport questions come up? Yeah, any sport questions, I'm, I'm normally pretty good. Uh, yeah. There was one question I literally a pot luck, and it, it, it sort of the ball run come out of me, and, got, and I got lucky and I got it right. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gutted with the one I got wrong because yeah. he said obviously the paradise, and yeah. I, I sort of thought of one dice. So yeah. it was uh, yeah, I was gutted not to carry on. But uh, yeah, it's all, like I say, it's all good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll um I'll, for any listeners of this show, I'll add a link to the uh, Frame podcast on the show notes. Uh, please give it a listen and subscribe. I've no doubt they'll have some brilliant guests uh, from the hot bed of snooker that is Essex lined up in the um in the coming months. Okay, onto the snooker. Um, you played in the Northern Ireland Open in mid October. Uh, it's one of the two home nations events you haven't won yet. Um. Uh, your crack at this started with a 4-1 win over your old Essex practice partner Alan Taylor uh, and ended with a 4-0 defeat to Geordie David Lilly. Um, now the frame breakdown uh, against Lilly suggests it was a lot closer than, than the result suggests um, but what was the story of that match mate? Yeah no uh, sort of they um, the home nations always have a time where uh, you don't know what time you're going on and I was fortunate in my first match with Alan Taylor because I was on the, it says not before eight o'clock in the evening. Mm. And uh, luckily for obviously me and Alan, that 
Barry Hawkins got a buy, so we were guaranteed to be on at eight. Yeah. Um, but the next time I played Dave Lilly's, same sort of same time, not before eight, and we got on I think about quarter to ten. So you're sort of hanging around, sort of don't know what time you're going on, you don't know when to sort of eat, you don't know. So you, you're all like, and it's a horrible time, like everyone sort of moans about it. Mm. They do it in the afternoon session as well. Um, Zach Shurity, he, um, he was playing Maguire and he was sitting around for about two and a half hours just waiting to play. And it's just so, it's just, it's just a horrible time. And yeah. I just sort of got, I just sort of just weren't ready, sort of didn't get my, prepared properly mm. uh, for the game I was just sort of hanging around and in the room and just dotting about really instead mm. of going for a walk and freshen myself up um, it's sort of my own fault but uh, the game as the game went um, they really played really well um, we go back years we shared a room in in Zimbabwe uh, the world amateur in 97 oh wow so oh. we go yeah we go back way way back and uh, yeah so he, he played really well. He put some good balls. He scored very well. Um, but I had a couple of chances to nick, um, I think, nick the first frame. I, I missed a blue. A couple of, couple of blues I missed uh, at the end of the frame. And, and then um, in the third frame as well, um, I, I, I had a chance to clear up um, and just sort of he fell down. And I was like, it, it sort of hit me hard. I sort of obviously said to him, well done. Yeah. Played really well. Scored well. Yeah, but I could get out of there because I was I was fuming with myself. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a hard one. I think I got got in my room about twelve o'clock. I was on a eight fifty flight from Belfast, obviously that morning. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, needed to get out of there. Just so. Yeah, I did feel for you. I, I thought it might sting a bit. I mean, we swapped messages, didn't we, in the morning after, and I thought, um, yeah, that one's going to hurt a bit. But it's interesting what you said about the build-up to that, because, you know, people forget that... You, that this sounds tough, but the snooker players are humans. Do you know what I mean? In terms of sport, you sort of see them at the table, and you don't... You don't sort of think about the structure of their day, how they've slept, whether you know how they've eaten, you know, what the, the build-up to the match was, and it, and it all makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd say I'll try and prepare myself correctly for every match I play and when you sort of don't know what time you're playing it's hard to sort of prepare I know people, I think Ronnie said he, he he's very laid back and he goes for a run mm. he sort of gets he walks in five minutes before he sort of before he starts but yeah. I like to have a practice and and sort of have a cup of coffee and and sort of like and then sort of 15 minutes later go and play so yeah. It's just hard to work that one out. What when you sort of going to go on? So, mm. but it's same, say same for everyone. Everyone yeah, say that there's that time when everyone sort of goes through it. Some of the top players are always are always on at one o'clock or seven o'clock. Mm. So, uh, it, it sort of a few players sort of moan about it, like the right. top players. Right. No when you're playing and things like that. But that's interesting. You say that it, it mirrors in it, lots of sporting events, and certainly in the football world. You know, kickoff times and all that. There's, a, there's often a lot of politics um, associated. Yeah. With it, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, now, since our last episode, you also competed at the uh, the British Open, and you lost four one to Zhao Zingtong. Um, a Chinese star hit three centuries to go three 0 up on his way to booking a spot in the last thirty two. Uh, it sounds like you just met a man in form on that day. Is is that how it was, or, or do you feel it could have gone uh, a different way? Yeah, no. Obviously, like I, I think I missed Mister Red in the first frame above the black. He's made hundred. I've left. I've sort of played a safety shot. I've left the white in the D. He's played a long red, made hundred, and then I was on the break of 
I don't know, 30 odd Mr. Red under the black. Um, and he made 100. And that, literally, that was it. Um, I'm 3 0 down. And I actually felt really good. Next frame I got in, I made 66, I think. And then the last frame, he obviously got over the line. But I've been feeling really good in my game and just sort of coming up against people that are playing obviously better. And uh, sort of, they say it's a hard one to take. And um, But everyone goes through it and you sort of got to get on with it. Um, and now finally, uh, next up for you is a UK Championship opener in York on the evening of Monday, November the 14th. Uh, we're still waiting to learn who you'll play. Um, now, I've said on this show for a couple of years now, it's the one I personally would like you to win more than any other event uh, now to obviously complete that, that triple crown. Uh, now, silly question alert coming up, but um, if you had a genie who would guarantee you a win at the UK or the Worlds this season, which one would you choose and why? Um, it'd have to be the World Championships. Right. Uh, okay. As, as sort of as the history of the Triple Crown yeah. um, goes, uh, World Champion is World Champion at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Without a doubt, to, to get a second World Championship would be yeah would be would be the best thing ever. Um, obviously, very very close second for a UK for the Triple Crown, but um, yeah. I think when when the when the UK was probably the best of 17s yeah um yeah. it was probably a bit more prestigious yeah yeah uh, obviously right. great venue york where it's played mm. uh love it there obviously with a normally like the christmas market mm. and things like that but um yeah uh sort of best of 11s um i think i think they i think there's other tournaments now that are a little bit bigger than the UK, obviously, like in China. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, and things like that. So, yeah, it's sort of... It'd be nice to win the, uh, the Triple Crown. Yeah, um, that's why I asked. I mean, I'm not surprised by your answer at all. I mean, I, I, I guess that's the one you're going to plumb for. But I just know you're such a snooker aficionado. You'd love to get, you know, you're a completionist sort of thing. You'd love to get that Triple Crown, wouldn't you? Oh, without a doubt. That, like yeah. I say, that will sort of top my uh, career off. Mm. So, like an absolute, like, be perfect mm. sort of growing up watching it as a yeah. as a young lad and, and obviously playing sort of the years I have yeah. um, to sort of like say to put a, put a crown on my waistcoat mm. and and I've got a bet with my manager Gary that he'd, he'll get a tattoo done of a, of a crown is as that well. right I love that <laughs> <laughs> what is it in any particular place or just uh, you know is it like dealer's choice where's this tattoo I, getting done I don't know right I, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll ask me where it's less painful. Right, I will uh, remember but... that. We'll definitely be getting a picture of that when you when you get the UKs. But um, I mean, look, in yeah. terms of how to pad it out, you know the simple solution, mate. You just um, you just got to go and win them both, haven't you? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I've, to be honest, I feel like I'm playing pretty well. So, yeah. um, in, in obviously in practice, I'm putting the hours in. I'm enjoying it and snooker still. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I feel like something sort of close this year and. Um, but anything's hard to win these days. You got yeah. you got to be on form from the off. You sort of can't have any lapse of concentration. It's everyone's that good these days. So and, and like I say, sometimes you your best ain't good enough. That's, mm. that's the level it's got to. No, so uh, you just need a bit of luck at the right time. You need people to miss against you, and uh, you need to take your chances when you get them. Yeah, absolutely. Stu, that's great. Uh, thank you very much for your time as always. And of course, good luck in York. Yeah, thanks a lot, James. Cheers. <laughs>